Hello, and welcome inside this week's edition of How She Did It. Amanda Smith here. So happy to have you with me. If you're returning, thank you for coming back. And if you're new here, very important PSA after this episode, before you go, make sure you hit that subscribe button. So today's guest is the host and team reporter for the Boston Celtics, and we just so happen to share the same name. Here is Amanda Flugrad. Hey there, Amanda Smith here with Amanda Flugrad. It's an Amanda takeover today on how she did it. Thank you so much for joining me. Of course, I'm glad this finally worked out and we can make this the Amanda show. <laughs> I know. Literally, I don't know if we're gonna, going to be able to bring out some dancing lobsters, but we can do our best to entertain everyone. Of course. <laughs> so you currently work as the host and team reporter for the Boston Celtics, which is how we met. Yay. <laughs> yeah. But overall... When you think of what it's taken to get to this point in your career, what are some of those maybe pivotal moments that come to mind that have kind of guided you to covering one of the most prominent teams in the NBA? Yeah, you know, it's a long journey. I will say that to get to where I am now, lots of moving. Um, I worked and freelanced wherever I could. Um, I did a lot of internships and then um, I spent time in Phoenix, Chicago. I was in Florham Park, New Jersey, covering the Jets for a season. Back to Phoenix, doing a lot of freelance for Pac-12 and SEC Network. Um, But I think the biggest one was obviously networking. I think that that really helped me more so of of just reaching out, making those connections with people. Um, You know, even though there might not have been an opening at the time, it was more, you know, introducing myself and sending my reel, getting feedback on the reel and also my resume and just kind of um, working my way up to get the reps. Um, I think, too, the the biggest thing is to go where you know that you can grow and you can put yourself in those uncomfortable situations, you know, the first time going live um, or, you know, obviously writing your own scripts, editing. I think that's been huge. But I think the biggest thing for me was was obviously networking, following up. Um, For example, I when I was in Chicago uh, working as a host for a college football and college basketball show, the Boston Celtics had actually called me at the time and it said that they had an opening. I was under contract in Chicago, so I couldn't get out of it. I wish I wish I would have. I think that that would have been amazing to go at that time, but obviously God has a plan. Um, and so I ended up staying at that company for a little bit longer. After that, I just made sure to continue to follow up with the Celtics. Um, send them my resume every year after that, kind of just checking in. So when the reporter role did open up, they actually called me back and said, you know, the op- it's open now. Let's have you come in and audition. So I think it was that kind of constant relationship and, and checking in and just kind of seeing um, that really helped kind of get me in the door there and continue that relationship. Yeah. I was actually listening to a cameo you recorded. For those of you who don't know what cameo is, basically you can just like book Amanda to make you a video and she sends you a personalized one. Like, what should I do it? Maybe. Um, <laughs> you should. Like, Amanda, can you? No, I meant like, I want you to make me a video. Oh. No one's signing up for me to make them a video. I would. I would. <laughs> it's a nice little plug in there. Thank you. Yeah, it's. I like that. I like cameo. I think it's a great app to kind of try to connect with people. Totally. 
And I was listening to one of the ones you recorded, and that was part of the advice you gave someone wanting to get into this field was networking as much as possible because you said this business is so much about who you know these days. For maybe young broadcasters listening, what advice would you give them on how to start building that network? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely hard, and I will agree with you 100%. And I think it's now more than ever, a lot of it is who you know. Um, you know, if you you know, your parents are well-connected or boyfriends well-connected. I think that, that we're seeing that even more in this business in terms of, you know, getting opportunities and um, with the social media influence, influencers and everything like that. But I think the biggest thing was um, for me when I was in Arizona, I had reached out. I knew at the time after I finished my internship at ABC 15 that I wanted to do Fox Sports Arizona was a dream of mine. So what I did is I ended up just reaching out to Mike Conley, who was there at the time, introducing myself, kind of saying, you know, that this was where I wanted to be, everything like that. Uh, the, it then progressed to being able to get a in-person interview with him, kind of sitting down, talking to him about what I wanted to do. And then from there, I would just kind of follow up. But I had a friend that worked in the building at the time. She gave me his contact information. Um, so I think it's about reaching out over email. And then anytime that you can go in and meet face-to-face, -face, introduce yourself, I would highly recommend that. Um, a lot of the stations, too, when I was applying, like the local stations, the smaller stations, I remember I went into a station in Missoula, Montana, where my dad was coaching at the time, and I met with their news director and their sports director, and I just emailed and said, hey, can I get a meeting with you? You know, I'll work around your schedule, but this is, you know, here's my reel, and at the time you're giving them the reel physically, you have it on a, a DVD, you didn't have the uh, real links. But, um, you know, I, I gave that to them, um, would watch it with them and get feedback. So I think anytime that you can reach out over email to set up an in person meeting, I think that I would highly recommend that um, just so that they can put a name to a face and understand you more as a person, I think, too. As we talk about some of these jobs that you've had, in those roles, how have you known, okay, it's time for me to now move on into a new chapter and, and really continue to progress in my career? A lot of it, I think, was timing, more so about what positions were opening up. Um, some of them obviously weren't ideal. Uh, for example, the one in Chicago that I was working for, uh, they were a startup company. So they actually ended up going under. So there wasn't any work for me at the time. So that's when I moved back to Arizona and I was doing freelance for Pac-12. And then the New York Jets position, um, that was just a contracted through the season. So as soon as the season was done, the position was done. It wasn't a full-time opportunity. But I think some of the other ones that I had kind of starting out, you know, when I was freelancing at Fox Sports Arizona, I knew that I wanted to do more. And I felt that I had mastered everything that I personally felt that I could in that role um, in terms of getting the opportunities and the reps and where I felt like I was growing um, and where I kind of felt like I had hit, you know, my ceiling there. And so I think it was more of knowing that, you know what, I need to go somewhere else where I, I if I eventually want to get back to this position and be in an even bigger role, I'm going to have to get more opportunities in other areas with, with live, um, you know, with, with hosting shows, everything like that, sit down features. Um, and so I think, you know, the, the timing was, was right to go and get, take the opportunity in Chicago, which just offered me more reps. 
um, but always wanting to continue to grow, grow in a role and challenge yourself. And that's the biggest thing for me when I'm approaching anything is I want to challenge myself consistently every day because I think it's so much about growing and being uncomfortable. And what what's the saying? Get, you know, if you're too comfortable, you, you should be feeling that you, you want to push yourself to be uncomfortable. So that's kind of how I feel of mastering new skills um, and challenging myself every day. Put it on a magnet. Put it on my fridge. That's some, like, motivation right there. <laughs> As you navigated those moves, was covering an NBA team something you always wanted to work towards? So it's interesting because I had more experience, I would say, in college football. My dad and brother are college football coaches. My brother played. Uh, he was a wide receiver at ASU and was at Oregon as well. Um, and so I had always grown up around college football, Saturdays just being, you know, a different thing in our household, going to the games. And uh, I loved the physicality of college football and just the raw emotions of it. Um, so I think that's kind of where I obviously got my start there. And then gymnastics was huge. I was a gymnast. 10, 10 years. My mom was a gymnast at Oregon State. Um, and I was doing play-by-play -play for Pac-12 networks and sideline for SEC and ESPN um, for some of their gymnastics meets. So at the time, I was like, this is awesome. Like, I love this. You know, it's, it's amazing. I had always followed the NBA, but it was more so, I think, about getting the opportunity to cover it. Um, you know, I was comfortable with where I was at in the, the college football realm and then also the gymnastics, but I knew that the NBA obviously is is huge, the professional level, and then, you know, anything with, with the Boston Celtics just being top-notch. Um, and so I looked at it as a new opportunity for me, um, but also knowing that I needed to be, you know, a lot of times they say, you want to be versatile. You want to be able to cover multiple sports. You want to have connections and network in multiple different sports arenas. Well, if, you know, if it's NFL or, or the NBA or, you know, the MLB. Um, so I think for me, it was looking at just this is going to help expand my skill set even more. But now being in the NBA for five years, I really don't see myself anywhere else. Um, you know, if there were other positions to, to go somewhere, you know, I would definitely consider other sports to cover, but I, I do really love the NBA. Um, and, and just kind of the family atmosphere that I feel the Celtics have. Yeah. You have worked in entertainment. You've worked for the travel channel. What has drawn you into wanting to continue to work in sports? You know, that, that's a really good question. I really enjoyed the Travel Channel, and I really do enjoy red carpet events and the, the entertainment space. Um, you know, it's just different. I, I love movie premieres, all of that stuff. So it's more focused on on what the actors and, and them are doing, which I think is amazing and just kind of how they can get into that role. But I think with sports, sports is something that I feel just brings everybody together. Um you know, it, whether they're they're winning or losing, you have that fan base. You have such passionate fans that follow the sport that, you know, live and breathe the sport. And I really felt that in Boston. The Boston fan base is so different compared to any place that I've lived. I, I, I guess I would say it's kind of similar to Oregon on college game days when, you know, it would just completely shut down the town because everybody's at the Ducks games. But I think Boston's like that, too, you know. Um, and so I think the the fan base I love about it, I love the physicality of the sport. I love seeing when an athlete puts so much time and effort in and then it does 
pay off for them on the court or they have a great game. Um, and you see the sacrifice and, and the blood, sweat, and tears that go into it. So I think that that, to me, I love covering those stories and seeing people succeed and seeing the athletes succeed when you know all the hard work that has been put in behind the scenes to get where they're at. We're about to take a quick break. But before that, I just I have to ask you about this because I had no idea that you worked for the Travel Channel. And you is this right? You traveled across the country in an RV for a month doing work for them? Yes. You, you look back at I'm some reading of the this that I'm you like, had in your what? Wow. Yes. Yes. It was a great opportunity. And it was when I was first starting out. So I was reaching out everywhere that I could. I was trying to take any job that I could, you know, in production, everything. And I was doing editing for them as well. Um, but one of my really good friends, um, his cousin had worked for Rand McNally and they had uh, started a show with Travel Channel and it was going to the different small towns in America. So we were the video crew and the hosts that would go and meet up it was um they would have different teams a husband and wife friends a mom and daughter and they would go and see there was different categories um you know the friendliest town in america uh in different areas where people a lot of people wouldn't really know where these small towns were but we'd go and we'd explore them and we put together different packages we would interview the people that lived in these towns um and just kind of put these promotions to together of these areas that you should go and see. So it was a lot of work. Um, I did, yeah, I was with all boys for my first year doing it on an RV. Luckily, we did have a promotion or <laughs> a partnership with Holiday Inn. So we would get one room at the Holiday Inn and the, and the guys would let me stay in the hotel <laughs> by myself and they would sleep on, on the RV. They were best though. And then the next year, I did it for two years. We had one of the... Um, uh, videographers from the Travel Channel, Allison, she was another female. So we had her on and her and I would stay in the hotel rooms together. And oh, it was it was a blast. Um, it was a long time on an RV. Um, but it was, you know, one of those experiences that I'll never forget. And it's one of those that I look back and it was it was a really special special time because I don't think I, I would have never been able to go to these places had it not been for that job. I love that. For maybe people listening who are trying to plan some post-quarantine trips, which small town would you most recommend going to? Oh, my gosh. That's a great question. Um, I loved uh, Bardstown, Kentucky, um, because we were able to do – they did the Maker's Mark bottles there, and we were able to go into the factory and do, like, the tasting of the bourbon and everything. But then we were able to make our own where you actually hand dip the red wax and you create it yourself. So I thought that that was so much fun. And then some of the restaurants that we went to there were amazing, and they have this amazing bread pudding that I'll never forget. I think it was at the Mermaid Cafe, uh, and that was phenomenal. But I, I mean, all those places were beautiful, but I remember that one really stood out to me in just in terms of being able to go to these, these amazing places. Also Walla Walla, Washington. I grew up in Pullman, Washington. I went to high school there. Um, they had a great winery there and I know, um, you know, that's, that's a great spot, but that's one place that stood out too, in terms of just visiting. It's a really small town, but it's, uh, it's definitely fun and not very crowded. So you can kind of feel like you're, you're getting away from the world. 
you do it all. You're just like full of fun little nuggets of knowledge of where to go for vacay. I'm going to start reaching out. And I'm like, what should I plan to do? <laughs> research a ton of stuff all the time. And I, yeah, half the time it doesn't even go anywhere. But, you know, if you ever need help. You can help send it that. to me. Yes, okay. I will be your designated just vacation planner friend. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Guys, we're going to take a quick break. Coming up on the other side, yes, you guessed it. We're playing an Amanda, Amanda show. I almost said Amanda Smith show. No, it's Amanda Smith and Flugrad show. Fun game coming up on the other side. Stick around. Welcome back inside How She Did It. Amanda Smith, still here with Amanda Flugrad. And now we are going to play a game inspired by none other than the Amanda show. Had to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who have seen the Amanda show, which I hope you have, uh, there is a segment or a, a sketch that they do with Judge Trudy, you know? <laughs> so today I'm going to be Judge Moody and you will plead your case for these different scenarios that I give you. Oh my gosh. Okay. This is awesome. <laughs> I know. I think this is going to be really fun. So hopefully it works out. <laughs> Okay, so first one we have is everybody knows Taco Fall. Yes. Amanda, should Celtics fans get free tacos every Taco Tuesday? Oh, yes. I think that that would be a great marketing campaign. I have to say Taco Fall is loved by everyone. Everyone and their mother loves Taco Fall, <laughs> just sweethearts. Um, and it's it's it was amazing too at Summer League. People would come dressed up as tacos. So I think 100% <laughs> there should be free tacos on Taco Tuesday. You've gotten to know him. What is something maybe fans listening may not know that you have some insider knowledge on? So he didn't, well, I think fans would probably know this. I have two things. So he doesn't know how to swim. So he's been doing a lot of swimming lessons with the Celtics players. But another thing that I learned is that, you know, he's so tall that he always says that it's, um, you know, people are worried about his agility and being able to get up and down the court. And so he actually said that that's something that he works on consistently behind the scenes. It's something that he does every single day because he said he feels like he almost he has to prove himself in that area. And so I think. For, for him, you know, that's a main point of emphasis on, you know, if he's lifting besides that, he's always working on his agility, being able to move faster, having flexibility um, to make sure that he feels that he's right up there with the other guys. So I felt that that was really interesting in terms of something that he wants to prove himself and being able to do that and, and you know, being so tall, but being able to move well, too. You know, I also don't know how to swim without touching the bottom. <laughs> really? I know. I just, I don't know. I never, I never learned. You know what? But I feel like it kind of depends on like where you grew up. If you had access to a pool, like I, I grew up in Arizona. So my mom and dad, we didn't have a pool, but my mom and dad had told my brother and I that they would make a deal with us that we could put in a pool if we did two years of <laughs> swim lessons. So my brother and I had to go through like two years of swim lessons, know how to swim. Then they put in the pool. But even when, you know, they were gone, we weren't allowed outside. We had a gate, everything like that. So, um, but I feel like that kind of depends on what you have access to and, um, more of like location wise. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm throwing down my gavel. Judge Moody says Celtics fans get tacos every taco Tuesday. 
<laughs> I love it. Wait at least 30 minutes after eating to jump in that pool, though. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the NBA is a very fashion-forward league. Make your case for why the Celtics' Kemba Walker should be crowned best dressed. Kemba Walker should be crowned best dressed because I swear every single time that he comes in for a press conference, you're like, wow, that's a great outfit. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, wow, that's, that's amazing. I remember he had like a leopard jacket, a red jacket, but it's, um, it's, it's stylish, it's sleek, it's not too over the top, but it's just every piece is so well coordinated. Um, and sometimes you're just like, wow, he has so many jackets, but all of them are amazing. Like all of them are fire. So he's definitely best dressed in my opinion. Came through dripping. I love it. Yes. Okay. Last one. You went to Oregon. You were a cheerleader there. So you know that very famous duck. The Oregon Duck is the best mascot in college sports. Do you agree or disagree and plead your case for why? The Oregon Duck is the best mascot in college sports because he does it all. He can do push-ups. He can pretty much dance with the, the cheerleaders and the dancers. I always love that. Um, always goofing off uh, with other mascots and other teams. So uh, he ranks at the top in my list. All right, I don't have any dancing lobsters, but if I did, I'd say, bring out the dancing lobsters. <laughs> or when she goes, maha, or maha. Yes. <laughs> it's the girl's room. <laughs> so funny story, actually. Uh, sorry if I'm talking your ear off. So uh, when no, I please. first met Grant Williams, he says that to me every time I see him now. He goes, it's the Amanda, Amanda, Amanda show. And then I go, that's me. <laughs> really knows what the show is. So I think that that's kind of cool. Wait, that is literally one of my favorite stories I've heard. I'm not even kidding. That is so funny. I was surprised that he knew about it because he's so much younger. And I was like, wait, that's crazy. I don't even know where he would see that. Because I don't think they play it on Nickelodeon anymore. But I just, I thought it was hilarious. You're like, that's me. <laughs> that's exactly what I say. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just want to, like, see, to see, like, a video or something of this happening. Like a candid yeah. camera just recording it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should have had him sing some intro music for us. I know. I know. Oh, seriously. Amazing. <laughs> Guys, coming up on the other side, Amanda is now answering some of your questions. Stick around. Welcome back inside How She Did It. Amanda Smith here, still with Amanda Flugrad. We are the Amandas. We've talked so much about the Amanda show. If you're like, what is that? Please go look it up. <laughs> and now, right? <laughs> the other Amanda is going to answer some of your guys' questions. So first up, from Alex Schulman. Uh, I know that she has cheered, actually, at Arizona. So she would like to know from you, did you learn anything from college cheer that's helped you now in your career? You know, I think the biggest thing that helped me with that was kind of getting out of my comfort zone. Um, you know, I I'm, was kind of shy coming out of college and or excuse me, high school um, and going into college. And I think that that really helped kind of establish great friendships for me starting out, um, having to learn all the new material, putting me in an uncomfortable position and learning to master that. Um, 
you do have to be outgoing with the fans, introducing yourself, asking them questions at a lot of the, you know, different appearances that you do. So I think that cheerleading helped me come out of my shell even more. And I would say one of the other lessons that I had to learn was being able to balance my schedule of having cheer practices. We were, we were constantly cheering at, you know, um, volleyball games, women's basketball, men's basketball games. And then we were traveling on the road as well with the football team during their away games. So I had to learn how to balance a crazy schedule of travel and practice and then also be going to classes, studying, writing papers, you know, turning packages when I started to get into the broadcast side. So I think that the the time management really helped me learn how to balance and get things done ahead of time in a way and also be super organized with my schedule. Yeah. And I feel like now, you know, you think of an 82 game NBA season. Do you think that it's helped you kind of not feel the sort of like gruelingness of, okay, this is really long and there's so much travel and how am I going to get all this done? Yeah, I think it, it helped in terms of kind of having that routine early on when I was in college of it is crazy and you feel like you're constantly like I just tell people I feel like during the season I'm just constantly running like I'm running to the next thing you're running to the team bus you're running to do stand-ups on the court um and so I think just navigating that craziness I think that it's gotten easier for me the longer that I've been doing it in terms of being able to master things knowing how to handle a post game when we have to get on the team bus in time to make the flight so I think kind of having that craziness introduced early into my life (laughs) probably helped me a little (laughs) bit now a couple people had this question Fred Gotti and Eric Mayat and they would like to know who is your favorite Celtics player. Eric says his is Kemba. Oh gosh, that's a, that's a tough one. I I like all of these guys. Um, I would say my favorite former Celtics player was Isaiah Thomas. Absolutely love it. Um, I just his work ethic was unmatched with anything that I've ever seen. Um, the fans love him. The media loves him. Just such a kind person. So I would say former Isaiah Thomas. Current one. Um, man, that's a toss up. I really, I really like Ennis Cantor. Um, he's really fun. <laughs> Um, you know, he's one, he's a goofball. Uh, but I feel like we have a lot of goofballs on this Celtics team. Grant Williams is a complete goofball. Um, but yeah, I would say I, I really like Kemba too. Kemba has this, um, he's such a great leader for this group, but it's, it's like a quiet confidence, which I kind of compare to Brad Stevens in a way he's, he doesn't need to be completely vocal all the time, but when he does speak, people listen, people respect him. Um, and he comes in and he gets his job done. I just think he's been a great leader and really the core that holds the team together. So I would say probably Ennis and Kemba. All right. Next up is from Tav. He would like to know, what's it like covering a game at the TD Garden? Unbelievable. The It is so loud there. Uh, it's it's like un unlike any other NBA arena that I've been to, the fans are amazing. They get into it. People don't leave games. It's very rare that you'll ever see, even if the, if the Celtics are losing, that they'll get up and leave the game early, which I love because it just shows the respect that they have for, for the team that's playing and just how much they respect sports in general there. Um, but it's, 
it's unbelievable. It's electric. Um, when you go back there and if there's a big play, you can't even hear yourself if you're trying to talk to the person next to you, which I just think is such great energy and just an amazing atmosphere. What was maybe your initial feeling or reaction the first time that you were at a game there? I was blown away. I, it was, my first thing was, wow, Boston, Boston fans love their sports. And it's, it really doesn't compare to anything else that I've seen, except, you know, when I was at Oregon, the town shutting down. But even that, I just think it's so much louder. Um, It is so cool. When you come back after, you know, a long road trip and stuff, and you're back at TD Garden, you get why the players, you know, play so great at home, because they have the backing of that. But you're like, I missed this. This is great to be back and, and just see the energy and, and all the people that come out and how much they really truly love the Celtics. Next up, Tay Lehman says, what are you up to during this hiatus? During the hiatus, it's, it kind of varies from day to day. We've luckily been able to do some Zoom um, interviews with some of the players just to kind of catch up with them. We've we've had Vincent Poirier on, Jason Tatum, Ennis Cantor. Uh, we're going to have Gordon Hayward on Friday. So I'll do a Zoom conference with them, kind of studying, keeping up on what's happening in the league and, you know, kind of all the different storylines that are going on and what's going to happen with the NBA. Um, And then I'll edit edit those videos and then send them to our production team. And then if it's a slow day, I'm, I'm trying to read a lot. I, I was, when I was in Boston, watching a lot of television um, just because the weather wasn't as great. But now that I'm in Arizona with my family, I'm trying to get out and walk around just the backyard, um, reading, going in the pool a little bit when I can, and then um, running. I'll try to get a little bit of a run in um, behind my parents' house in this Greenbelt area once a day just to kind of get my mind going. Um, And then other than that, just cooking and... Um, yeah, just, uh, in the evenings, I'll start to watch some, some shows. So what show are you watching currently? So I just finished the center. Um, I d- I'm watching oh, all it's of- Jessica Biel. It's actually the third season. So I've watched all oh three gosh, seasons. What? Yeah. But the first one with Jessica Biel is really good. Um, I'm using my friend, uh, Alexa's Hulu account information. So shout out to Alexa. <laughs> that Uh, and then I just started looking for Alaska I know it's a book uh really really good so far and then I'm currently caught up on Little Fires Everywhere which is also a book so highly recommend those um very very good did you fall into the whole Tiger King thing I have not and everybody I know has been talking about (laughs) it are you watching it I did watch it what do you think of it it was crazy is it at first Yeah, I would say I was just like so mind blown. And at first I wasn't too sure if I wanted to watch it because I just like, you know, I'm a big animal rights person. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know if this is my thing. But what I will say is it turned out to be way more about the people. And it was like, this is a real story? Like what? Mm -hmm. Um, So it has blown up. Highly recommend. You'll have to let me know. You know, a lot of like memes and people <laughs> yes. with the mustache and hats. And so that's the thing about watch that. Mu- That'll yeah, on my list. That's a modern day thing for sure. Like you do something and you you get turned into a meme. You know, like oh dang. Yeah, <laughs> it's real, <laughs> right? Oh dang. Uh, okay, our last question. Oh, I'm so sad. Our time together is coming to an end. Oh. It's from Alyssa Eva Marie. 
And she says, advice for broadcasting job interviews. I would say prepare as much as you can um, before going into the job interview on what they're looking for. So, you know, they'll have the descriptions on proficient and being able to edit, host, all of that stuff. I would really, really study that um, so that when you go in, you know exactly or more of the direction that the interview questions are going to be centered around. I would also make sure that you take a look at you know, if you're applying for a local news station, make sure that you're looking at the website, seeing the the stories that they're they're focused on right now, kind of how they tailor their storytelling, um, and really familiarize yourself with that and have that background coming in, so you yourself can ask questions too. If you have something that comes up that that you want clarified, um, a lot of the times when I've gone in, uh, we'll finish with questions um, for myself, but then they'll ask, "Do you want?" Do you have anything for us that you would like us to answer? And I always think that it's good to come in with maybe two or three questions yourself um, so you have a better understanding of the position. But then it also shows that you're engaged. You 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 want to talk to them. You're very interested in the position and you've done your research. And I think that that can really stand out uh, when you are going up against multiple people for a position. I totally agree. And I feel like it can almost be a little in- intimidating at first to want to ask those questions, mm-hmm. but but definitely do it because I think it, it just shows like how you said that you're taking this very seriously. So don't be afraid to, to get your questions in there. Yeah. One, and one thing that I that I had that I'd never, you know, it was one of those where it was like, wow, that's a really good question. And I'd never thought of it. But during one of my interviews, I had someone ask me, um, they said, you know, what would you change about our website? And so that's the first thing. It's like, okay, well, thank goodness, you know, you, you were looking at the website and you had some feedback on that. I think that that can kind of help you stand out versus people that maybe said, oh, you know, like I, I didn't get a chance to look at it or I wasn't really sure. Um, that was one that kind of took me off guard, but I kind of had prepared for it in a way of being, you know, knowing what the the website looked like or you know, they'd ask like, what, what more do you want to see? So I think just having that in your mind too going in can be really helpful. This has been so fun. Thank you so much for joining me. And maybe if we ever do this again, you can recruit Grant to do our oh, intro yeah. music. I, I, love that. <laughs> I know that would be awesome. I'm so glad that this finally worked out for us and, and that we were able to catch up. I know. I think this is Maybe one of the only times that this will be able to happen where my actual like intro music for the show echoes Amanda and it fits for <laughs> literally both of us. So like couldn't be more perfect. I love it. I love it. <laughs> thank you. And thank you guys so much for listening. For Amanda Flugrad, I'm Amanda Smith. We'll catch you next time on How She Did It. <laughs>